record this year is seven and three. So I'll let you do the math. Yeah. Uh, the three losses were whenever you're not there. Yeah, I'm not superstitious, <laughs> but I'm a little stitious. Yeah, thank you, Michael Scott. <laughs> Welcome to the Classic Classic Podcast. Here's your host, Jonathan Classic. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the Classic Classic Podcast, Season Six, Episode Twenty Eight. But that's that's not what you care about. Let's be honest. You care about a singular game that is taking place on Sunday. And I have some perspectives coming in today. Tell you what, a Rams fan. And then, honestly, a guy that's coached football for a really long time. He didn't this year, but a guy that understands the game very well. Kyle Christian is going to be joining me uh, as well in the show. Jesus Cabrales, my good friend from back in the heyday from Tampa, Texas. Jesus Cabrales will be joining me later on in the show. If you are new here, I'm going to give you a fresh perspective on sports based upon my knowledge of working in the business of broadcasting. Uh, God, for a long time. It seemed like a long time. Seems like a long time ago now at this point. But I still love doing this. Still love making these podcasts for you every single Friday. If you do not already, go over to Instagram and Facebook. And you can uh, like and follow all those things at Classic Classic Podcasts. Also over on YouTube, okay? So, uh, Jesus asked me prior to our interview, we did this last night. He said, hey, are you doing video yet? And I'm like, I'm almost to my goal of the money that I could get to uh, to hook up a setup down here. So, if you want to support me, go over to anchor.fm and you can hit the support this podcast. 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, $9.99 a month. If you love the show and you love me, let's make it happen together. Let's get this thing video online. But you can subscribe over to uh, my YouTube channel, Classic Classic Podcast. I'm going to be doing a short today uh, to get you guys ready for the old SB. I can't really, I don't think I'm supposed to say Super Bowl, but you know what, whatever. They pulled this podcast because a couple hundred people listened to it. I said Super Bowl, whatever. It's just the reality of it. NBC is going to have it. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya. I said we we're going to do a breakdown last week, and I apologize. I got on a Joe uh, Burrow kind of tangent there, so hopefully you'll uh, allow me to apologize to this audience. It's really, I can do what I want. Um, that's the best part about doing this. I can do what I want, but I do want to be transparent with you guys. I came in on a promise. I didn't give you and follow through on that promise, so I apologize. I'm going to break down the Super Bowl uh, from my, my perspective, and then we're going to have some guests on talk this out. Uh, as we uh, as we get this going, okay? So Jesus Cabral is going to be block two. Kyle Christian going to be block number three. So an average of like 100 plus million people are going to be watching on Sunday night at 6.30 uh, Central Time on NBC. This is one of the most unique Super Bowls I've seen in my lifetime that has not involved, obviously, Tom Brady, uh, that has not involved a team that was considered to be one of the top dogs going into the year. I know the Rams had some they had some buzz around them to start the year. We'll just say that. They were one of the teams that had a new quarterback in Matt Stafford. That Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, two of the best ever play their uh, positions in the NFL, in the history of the NFL. And so they had a little bit of buzz, but nobody was talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. And now these two teams are facing off on Sunday night. By the way, Odd Shark still at minus four. Uh, for those of you who are out there trying to lay some money on this, minus four, the Rams are favored uh, in this game. Obviously, 
we're in a very weird situation again where two years in a row, it's never happened in NFL history, but two years in a row now, a home team is going to be p- playing in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. Uh, Tampa Bay got it last year. They beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Will it be Matt Stafford and the Rams at SoFi to get Matt Stafford and the city of Detroit, for that matter, some sort of semblance of a Super Bowl? The Lions have never been to a Super Bowl. and They are a long ways away from it right now. I would not be so shy to say that they will most likely have some sort of parade for Matt Stafford in Detroit. That's just how much he means to that city. But whenever I look at this game, okay, here we go. It's going to be short and sweet. We got some big-time guests. If you guys want to stick around for the whole podcast, I encourage you to do so. It's going to be a banger. Jesus Cabral is phenomenal. Kyle Christian, phenomenal, as always. Both these guys, so good at uh, giving you some insights. You know, Jesus has been to seven games of the Rams this year. And then two, uh, well, three that he didn't go to. He'll tell you that story coming up. Um, But some guys that have seen what these teams can do. Cincinnati, to me, the key for Cincinnati. Here we go. I'm going to do the old breakdown, if you will. Cincinnati's going to win the game if dot, dot, dot. They get the ball to T. Higgins. Okay, so bear with me. And Jesus touches on this as well. But Jalen Ramsey most likely is not going to follow around Jamar Chase. However, they will probably have safety help over the top of Jamar Chase. He's going to get his catches just the way he did against Kansas City. But if they can keep Jamar Chase in check, that's a very good thing. T. Higgins is bigger, arguably stronger, maybe not as talented with the hands and the hand-eye coordination, but still a tremendous player. Can go up one-on-one if... T. Higgins has over 100 yards receiving. The Cincinnati Bengals will win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. That is, I'm not sure how many, and I'll look into this during the break, where uh, kind of the MVP is looking uh, odds-wise. I know Matt Stafford's the favorite. Joe Burrow's the second favorite. But I think T. Higgins has a chance to be the Super Bowl MVP if he has over 100 yards receiving. I just think Jamar Chase, he's going to be there. He's going to make an impactful play or two. But I just feel like, for me, T. Higgins is going to be the guy. And it could be Tyler Boyd as well. The key for the Los Angeles Rams, if they're going to win this Super Bowl, and, and Jesus touches on this beautifully, it's going to be defensive line versus offensive line of the Bengals. The Bengals gave up nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans as they moved on in the divisional round. They did not have to really worry about it against Kansas City. Frank Clark, Chris Jones, they were pressuring him, but they did not get him to the ground. And that cost Kansas City a chance to go to another Super Bowl, in my opinion. I think if they could have gotten to Joe Burrow, gotten him down, because Chris Jones had his hands on him a few times, could have gotten him down, then that would have changed the complexion of the game completely. No offense against Chris Jones or Frank Clark, but they are not Aaron Donald and Von Miller. These two guys, arguably Aaron Donald, the best defensive player to ever step foot on a football field. Like that's, that's not just from me. That's from multiple accounts of guys that play the game, that watch the game. Aaron Donald is a bona fide superstar. And Jalen Ramsey, despite what attitude problems you might have with him, is also a bona fide star. Like I could see Jalen Ramsey winning the MVP, 
But I think if Aaron Donald gets to Joe Burrow two and a half times, maybe three times for a sack, he could easily be the MVP of the Super Bowl. So those are my keys. I think T. Higgins and that offense, again, I know it's weird not saying Jamar Chase, but I think T. Higgins is the play. And I'll ask Jesus this as well, uh, what the key is for the Rams, because he's a Rams guy. But I I think it's going to be a tremendous Super Bowl. Again, maybe not the best Super Bowl we could have asked for, but it's what we got. It's kind of like the Patriots and the Rams a few years ago with Jared Goff. Again, that was not a good game. Uh, but I think this could be a much better game than that one. I don't want to give disrespect to uh, to these teams that have made it here. But again, you have to have things go your way. In life and in football and other things, you have to have some things go your way. And this year, these two teams, the Bengals and the Rams, have had some things go their way. So you guys let me know what you think over on Instagram and on Facebook. Who's going to win the game? If you're listening on Spotify, I'll put up a poll as well. Uh, and you guys can just click Rams or Bengals. Who you got in Super Bowl 56? On the other side of the break, we will have Jesus Cabrales on, my good buddy uh, that I grew up with. Living in L.A. now, big Rams guy. Got a lot of fun stories coming up with Jesus Cabrales. On the other side of the break, you are listening to the Classic Classic Podcast. Yes, my Classic Classic Podcast, Season 6, Episode 28, and I'm going to recall a story here. It was preseason, and I had my three buddies on from high school, Evan, Trevor, and Garrett, and we were picking through the teams who we thought were going to win each division, and we got to the NFC West, and if I remember right, this is where I got drastically wrong. I went Seahawks, again, one of the worst picks I've ever made my entire life. Uh, Evan, I think, went with the 49ers, and Garrett and Trevor went with the Cardinals. Turns out none of us were right. And I remember getting a Facebook message from my good friend uh, way back in the day. We go way back. He remembers me whenever I was a skinny guy. That's uh, that's what I'll tell you. Uh, Jesus Cabrales has moved out to L.A. from the Texas Panhandle four years ago, so Good evening, Jesus. Give your intro and uh, how somehow we know each other. What's up, guys? I am Jesus Cabrales, like JP, as I call him. Yeah. I've always called him, <laughs> as JP said. But uh, yeah, like you said, me and JP, we, we go we go way back. Uh, played basketball, you know, together all through junior high, all through high school. You're older than me, but countless battles on the practice court for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed every, every single one of them. JP was, I don't if he's ever, you know, mentioned it on here or anything, but JP loved to get down low and battle. He loved <laughs> to box out and I love to do the same thing. So we, we had, we had our fair share of battles on the practice court and 
I know uh, it made me better. I hope it made him better too. Yeah. So, so, okay. Let's, let's, okay. Since we're on the topic, let's just go back. Let's go back to 2000 and what was that? 11, 2010 was whenever basketball season was. So it was always customary in our hometown for JV to scrimmage varsity at least once a week. That happened every single time. Jesus traveled with us during the playoffs as well. And yeah, it was either me and you, Jesus, or somehow it was me and Patterson Alvey. And uh, <laughs> Patterson, Patterson was like a bull in a china shop, to, to quote my father, where you just didn't know what he was going to do. He, he could have punched you in the face. He could have elbowed you in the chest, could have kicked you in the nuts. But you, I knew what I had. I knew I had a tough competitor that wasn't going to play dirty that love playing basketball. And so, yeah, dude, plenty of good, like, I don't know, 7 a.m. battles between the two of us was a good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was definitely was a good time. I still I still talk to Coach Miller quite a bit, obviously, and yeah. Reed. I actually talk to them about every day, pretty much. And we just the other day, we were talking about, you know, high school basketball and stuff. They were talking <laughs> about how, like, some of our teams, how they differ from some of the teams today. And without getting into too many specifics, he was just saying how, like, basically, like, we just – our group, like your senior class, our senior, my senior class, we just, we love playing. We yeah. just wanted to play. Like we All just love basketball. Do we, we, yeah. for some reason, uh, I mean, I knew that was a special couple of years there just in general where, yeah, I mean, we just, I think we wanted to leave the town a better place. I hope we did that. You know, I mm-hmm. years from, you know, I had my 10 year reunion that I didn't get to go to this year. You're going to have yours next year. It's like, I just hope we left Pampa a better place, right? I mean, you got to stick around yeah. a little bit longer, but I think it's doing okay. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, I really don't keep up much with the program now. Yeah. But when I was still there, I mean, they had quite a quite a few kids that, that could play. Yeah. And they were still pretty pretty good. I don't know. I don't know about it now. Reed and Coach Miller kind of know a little bit more yeah. about that and they kind of mentioned it a little bit, but Dude D Mills is man. on the radio now. Can you believe this? <laughs> D Mills is the color commentator on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It's so crazy to think about it. I was like, that was our coach. Dude, of all like, the was... guys to do color commentary, though, like D Mills is the most laid back. But the best part about him, and I hope he listens to this, I'm going to share it with him. I think the best part about D Mills was he was not afraid to get in your face if you needed it. He was never abrasive. Like, I think coaches mm-hmm. nowadays are too abrasive. And D Mill mm-hmm. was like the perfect balance of, I'm going to love you, but I'm going to coach you really well at the same time. I think he's as close to like a, high school coach K as I had ever seen at that point. No. Yeah. I've, I've told them on multiple occasions. I've, I've told them, you know, while we were in high school, you were kind of like a second father figure yeah. to a lot of us. Like that's really how it was. Cause yeah. we knew if he got onto us, like we didn't take it personal. Cause we knew it was like, you yeah. want, like you expect us to do better. You expect us to be better. Like yeah. you wouldn't be getting onto us if you didn't care about us. I want to go back real quick. Um, Tell me about the story, because I wasn't there. It was your senior year, but I see it come up on Reed Miller's memories every single year uh, of the buzzer beater in Perryton. Can you can you walk us through that? Because I've heard I heard there was like police involved and other things. I just want this on the record. So like 50 years from now, somebody listens to this and they have a record of exactly what happened that night in Perryton, Texas. So that was, you know, Perryton. Uh, it started kind of your senior year yeah, dude. and it definitely carried into our senior year. For some reason, you know, Borger was always our biggest rival. Yeah. Always. But for some reason, when we switched to, you know, that new district, that district and Perryton yeah. was in our district, 
it just happened to be that Perryton was like that team that we kind of always had battles with. Yeah, and, like, they were the threat. For some reason. Yeah, and there was always like guys on that team that we knew. Yeah. There was also girls on the girls basketball <laughs> team that we knew. So that created other like yeah. a different whole different dynamic. Yeah. And so it, it was always just, you know, super heated. Yeah. And that game, we went into that game and I don't remember how many points we were up, but we were up quite a bit. I want to say probably like 20, wow. maybe even almost 30. But they, you, I mean, you know, playing in Perryton, yeah. like, uh, like weird stuff starts going on. Yeah. Like refs Phantom start blowing their whistles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They start hitting threes from quarters and yeah. you're just like, oh, my God. And so we almost blew it. We really almost blew it. Like they came back, tied it. And so the place was going crazy. And obviously the crowd was going crazy. Yeah. And so, you know, we we don't call a timeout. Latigo's bringing the ball up. And obviously, like, Latigo was our guy. So it's like Latigo's going to take this last shot. He goes up for the, you know, for a three. And they, like, get it on the way up. Yeah. So he loses it. Reed just happens to be behind him. He yeah. gets it and just chunks it. Yeah. And he, he hits it yeah. at the buzzer. We all go crazy. So then he goes, like, towards the crowd. He's, like, screaming. He's happy. Yeah. And then we're all excited. And then all of a sudden, we're just like, <laughs> what is going on right now? Because <laughs> we look, and there's a lady from the stands <laughs> in the court. And she's, like, yelling at Reed. And then she starts yelling at Coach Miller. And we're all like, what is going on? And and Coach Embry, rest his soul, yeah, he, dude. you know, he – was like, hey, let's get you guys to the locker room. Like, we got to go. Yeah. So we really had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So after, you know, everything settled down, we were like, what's going on? And Coach Miller kind of explained to us, like, oh, no, she, like, she came out. She said, you know, Reed was Reed was cussing at her and, like, told her, like, this, this, and that. And Reed was like, I didn't say that. Like, I didn't do that. And I to this day, I'm always like, hey, Reed, come on, bro. It's been long enough, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> tell, me, tell me what you said to her, bro. Come on. Bro, because honestly, because to me, I'm just like, honestly, bro, like, I wouldn't blame you. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> emotions were high. But to this day, Rita's like, hey, I swear I didn't say a single thing to her. Like, I just like, you know, was like, let's go. Like, yeah. Like, whatever was the excited, pumped stuff. up. Yeah. And so, so yeah, that was like a big deal. It was like all over like the news and stuff. Like, yeah. I remember like Perryton's radio station like mentioned it. And so like, we were fired up. They were fired up. And then we had to go back again for the yeah. last, uh, last game of the regular season and uh dude it was like the longest yard in there it was like dude it's unbelievable <laughs> like security security everywhere like our fans traveled yeah obviously their fans were there yeah they had shirts uh they had shirts uh made saying like why you mad like dang with the, with the mom's name on it like <laughs> it was a bunch of petty stuff that went on leading up to that game and uh we ended up winning that game too, and that was actually like very anticlimactic. Like we ended up just probably them. winning like close, close to like we. It was it was kind of close at the beginning, yeah. Um, but uh, I think we ended up pulling away towards the end. But yeah. I remember Reed Reed hit an and one at the very beginning at that game of the game, like super early, and he like got real hyped. And Coach <laughs> Miller just looks at me. Coach Miller just looks at me, and said, "Hey, go get him." Like, yeah. <laughs> control my son go get him like go get him and i was like all right (laughs) that's sick dude i again we'll we'll maybe circle back to to some of that stuff that happened 10 years ago but i wanted that story on record because i see it pop up on facebook memories every year 
uh, me and, and D Derek Pollard uh, this year had a little conversation back and forth. He was like the biggest shot in Pampa history. And I was like, I don't know. I remember one the year before where Latigo hit a buzzer beater to move us on in the playoffs. So that I thought was maybe a bigger shot. Um, but yeah, there's, there's probably a ton uh, for those who don't know. Yeah. We, we come from a very basketball heavy community in West Texas that won five state titles. Um, but then it turned to a football town. So I still don't get it, I, but it's, it's Texas. Yeah. It's Texas. Nah. It is what it is. Uh, but speaking of football, Jesus, the reason why I had you on is you messaged me and you're like, hey, dude, I'm a little upset. First off, banger podcast. <laughs> Absolutely love the podcast, which I appreciate that. Uh, but then second off, nobody picked my Rams. Like nobody picked my Rams to win the NFC West. And I was like, ah, oh, well, it's a year early, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I can go back and read them. They're probably really bad. Uh, how I was just like, yeah, it's a year early. I don't know if Stafford's going to fit in all this stuff. And now they're two days, you know, by the time this airs away from a Super Bowl chance against a very mm-hmm. unlikely Cincinnati Bengals team. So season ticket holder of the LA Rams, Mr. Jesus. Yes. How did your Rams do it? You got to watch it in person a lot. So how did they get to do it? Hey, man, there was a stretch there where I kind of like it humbled me a little bit. Sure. Because I was I was very like high on them. Yeah. I was like, dude, like we we have the defense like we have the we have the playmakers on offense. Yeah. We just needed a quarterback golf. I like golf, but I think we gave him a contract a year too early. Yeah. Um, I think he just he can't he couldn't connect on the deep ball. He yeah. would either even either overthrow guys or, you know, just get intercepted. He was kind of clumsy in the pocket. Yeah. I still like him. I still root for the guy, but he just wasn't the guy. And I knew like we were just, we were quarterback away from making some noise. Yeah. You know, they, when we made the trade, you know, we, we traded the first round picks Yeah, and then, you know, two years prior, we traded the first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. This year we traded a second round pick for Ron Miller. Yeah. We ended up getting Odell. We ended up getting Odell, you know, which didn't cost anything because he was, you know, that whole fiasco with the Browns. Right. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, people were saying it's this all in mentality, like, oh, like Super Bowl or bust, Super Bowl or bust. I, I wasn't like, I, I was a little upset that nobody picked the Rams. Nobody really mentioned them. Yeah. But I, I didn't really think it was Super Bowl or bust because I kind of agreed with you saying like, you know, first season with Stafford and yeah. McVay's offense, you know, sometimes it does take some time. And a couple of times, like you saw it really, especially when Odell signed. Yeah. Um, week i think it was week 17 against uh the ravens stafford threw a pick six and people were like stafford like he's throwing games away like yeah he's doing this but i went back and saw it i read some of the some of the quotes and stuff the pick six he threw on through through uh in that game was really kind of more on odell odell wrong ran the wrong route yeah and and so his defender was able to undercut you know the throw to higby pick six so you saw you did see little things like that and so you know i it humbled me a little bit in november they called it no win november because we went oh and four november um but i was telling some of my friends out here i was like hey man like we have a get right game against the jaguars yeah we'll get we'll get right then we go into monday night football against the cardinals yeah huge game we win that game do we forget about the four games prior? Yeah. And sure enough, that's what we did. We we won that game. We ended up coming back home being the Seahawks. And then the defense kind of started. I was a big uh I was a big critic at the beginning of Raheem Morris. Yeah. Cause I was like, hey man, like the defense isn't as good as it was. Like we're kind of playing Ben Don't Break defense. 
stick Jalen on their best receiver. Yeah. Because they were moving Jalen around a lot. They would put him in the slot. They, you know, had him closer to the action is what they said. He was in the, you know, the quote unquote star position. Yeah. And I, I was very critical. So I was like, dude, we're giving up like a lot of yards to, yeah. you know, teams that we shouldn't be giving up yards to. But man, uh, playoffs, he, he's kind of got my, yeah, my respect back. He's, he's, uh, he's got game plans that have worked out. Absolutely shut out the Cardinals, which, you know, I was at the game. Yeah. Dude, that was the most electric I've ever been at a, like any sporting event. Yeah. Was that, was that wild Against card Against the game. Cardinals. Yes. That pick six, you know, where Kyler Murray is like trying to throw the ball away. And then he like gets picked off at the two yard line. After that play, it was like, I couldn't hear anything in that stadium. It was crazy. <laughs> like that was the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, That only probably, that's probably like up there with here recently after we got the interception to seal the game in the NFC championship game. Yeah. Cause when that happened, it was like, that was really cool because it was like, people were going crazy. People were crying. People were hugging each other because oh, yeah. at that point you realize like we're going to Super Bowl, Like we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. By and, going to the Super Bowl, you mean staying home for the Super Bowl? Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy too. That in itself is crazy, but how we got there, man, it's really like you, they talk about this all in mentality. And I think the players themselves had it. Like they knew what we had to do. They wanted to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They wanted to, you know, show that they, some of the, we, some of the players we got, like Odell, he wanted to prove that he could do that. Like yeah. he could be a big component to a winning team that could win a Super Bowl. Stafford had never won a playoff game. Like yeah. I think he was motivated to like kind of put that to bed. Like, yeah. Hey man, I can win a playoff game. I can do that. And McVay, man, like I, I love McVay, but he, he kind of had something to prove too. Cause he, he was kind of very passive aggressive about how he felt about golf. Yeah. So then he, he got was. the guy, he got the guy, he, he got the guy he wanted in Stafford. And so it's like, all right, man, you got the guy, like you got the quarterback. Yeah. You so, got to go like, do show it. us what you can do. Yeah. You yeah, got to go do it can do. And so it's not done yet. So I hope, I hope they, they finish the job, but I think, uh, making it there is, uh, is, is a big accomplishment in itself. How good is Cooper cup in person? Cause watching him on TV again, it's, I think it's the stigma around white receivers and I think it's unfair, but again, it's, it's mm-hmm. warranted over the course of the NFL that we haven't seen a big dominant white receiver. I mean, at least that I can remember that wasn't a tight end. So what is mm-hmm. it that sets apart Cooper cup? Cause you've seen him in person a lot. So tell me, tell me what he looks like in person. I hate when people talk about, they're always like, Oh, he lines up in the slot. So he lines up against like linebackers or they're like, you know, slot corner is not even their best guy and he's always open. So of course he's going to like get this, get that. And I'm like, I hate when people say that because when you watch him in person, you realize like how quick he is. Like, obviously, you know, with white guys, they say, Oh, he's sneaky athletic. Sure. Yeah. He's He's got a high motor. He's got a high motor. (laughs) He's got a high motor. He's very gritty. He's got his IQ up. Yeah. (laughs) But his routes are probably some of the cleanest routes you can see. Like, it doesn't matter where he is. He, He does play a lot in the slot. But a lot of times he's getting open because, for one, he just runs great routes. And yeah. for two, he, you know, it's very, like, cliche to say about a white receiver, but it's like, oh, his IQ is so great. Yeah. But his IQ is is off the charts. Like, I don't know if you've heard any of his interviews after games. Like, they tell him to explain a coverage, and it's like... <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just rattles it off, and you're just like, wow. And no, he knows he knows where to sit in zones. Yeah. He, him and... The biggest thing is him and Stafford have great chemistry. Yeah. Like... The NFC Championship game, 
he uh it was kind of early i think it was on the first touchdown drive they had um so our seats are kind of like in the corner of an end zone okay. a little bit so they were coming towards our end zone so stafford dropped back i think it was a third down too it was like a third and six and cooper's cooper's on the outside and he breaks it's an out route and stafford throws the ball and you you play quarterback so yeah. you understand this he he threw the ball and he wasn't even out of his out of his break yet like he yeah. was still yeah he was still you know about to he hadn't finished his route yet and when you see it like from that angle you're like oh wow and then cooper makes the break and he catches it on the sideline and it's like that's crazy like he him and stafford I, you could tell put a lot of work in as soon as we the trade went through yeah and man no he's i don't know where we'd be without him yeah. because he's in my opinion, he should be MVP, but it's a quarterback award. I get it. So yeah, they're I, probably going to give it to. <laughs> I agree. You know, at this point, if, if we have best quarterback and then best MVP other candidate, honestly, I think Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup had unbelievable seasons where it's like you can't mess around with a triple crown of a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, it's just to me, it's it's kind of a slight on the award mm-hmm. a little bit like, yeah, they're going to give it to Aaron, you know, and that's fine. But the reality is, is Cooper, like you watch the game, you play fantasy football, whatever. If you don't have Cooper cup or you're facing Cooper cup and fantasy, you're like, dude, I'm screwed. Like there yeah. was, there no, was, I- there was a game where I think they were maybe Monday night game. And I was down or I was up 35 points. And I was like, he has Cooper cup playing. Like the mm-hmm. percentages <laughs> say I have like 97% chance. And I'm like, there's no way it's 97%. Because Cooper has averaged over 100 yards, over 10 receptions, and at least a touchdown. It's unbelievable what he did this year. It really is. Yeah. No, uh, I think I saw, I read something. I think it was a tweet that said, if you take away his touchdowns, he still would have had, like, he still would have been, like, top five in, like, receiving his, <laughs> like, points if you take away his touchdowns. Dude. And that's crazy to think about. Yeah. But, no, nah, the other thing, too, is he's just so hard to take down. Like, he yeah. catches the ball, and you know he's going he's gonna to get yards after the catch. Yeah. He he won't he won't go out of bounds unless he finally like is like okay like there's no chance here yeah. but he's he's so he's so sneaky like he's very quick and no he he's he's amazing man I, I I was always there early enough to watch warmups yeah but I was never lucky enough to be there to watch Cooper warm up like his like because you, you know they always do their their individual warmups like yeah. their individual workouts before and then they and then they all come out in their position groups right so obviously i was there to watch the position groups but i was never able i guess it just to see the individual a lot of time yeah his yeah. a lot of time wasn't there but i i always wanted to watch that but i never really got a chance to do that but uh, can you tell me cuz cuz you live there like i think the national media paints the la crowd as you know they showed like I don't know, a ton of 49er fans there for the mm-hmm. NFC championship game or uh, yeah, for the NFC championship. I, I feel like LA has gotten a bad rap just in general, as far as football fans go, like, and maybe I've even said it on the show, I'm like, there's other things to do in LA. Like there's absolutely, there are so many things you can do in LA and you know, the Lakers are there, the Dodgers are there. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, basketball seasons here as well. So it's like, where do the Rams fit in? in people's lifestyles there and is it kind of a tight-knit community for you like as far as la rams fans or is it a pretty widespread thing now that they're in the super bowl um so i've definitely seen a lot more ram stuff here recently yeah it's because they're in the super bowl um prior to that prior to that you would see quite a few rams fans mm-hmm. 
but you would also see quite a few 49ers fans, sure. quite a few Raider fans, hardly any Charger fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's but but no man, uh I was having this conversation with someone cuz obviously on TV people, you know, like you said the narrative is like yeah. wow, like there's so many 49ers fans there. Like do Rams fans even show up? This yeah. and that. Being there, man, I'll, I'll I'll admit there was a lot of 49ers fans. Yeah. But it was it was split. It was like 50-50. Yeah. Um, and on, on my way there, like in the whole week, week leading up to it, I kept telling myself, I'm hoping for 50, 50, like that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Because honestly, like there are a lot of 49er fans in in the area. I mean, you got to understand they were in St. Louis for like what, 20 years, yeah, maybe a little longer. And they got their hearts broken back then too, whenever they moved to St. Louis. mm -hmm. So when they left, a lot of people went to the 49ers they went to the Raiders they just they wanted they love football and they wanted a, another team to root for um but a lot of people stayed loyal and when they came back me personally a lot of people will give me crap for this and I'm just like dude it doesn't really bother me that much but yeah. I wasn't a fan of any team before the Rams moved back to LA yeah I just you know I would watch football and I would root for certain players but that was it I didn't like really claim an allegiance to any specific team yeah because there was I, i've always been all la you know that yeah dodgers lakers yeah, like dude. it's just always been that way so as soon as the rams came back i was like cool i'm an la rams fan now <laughs> and if you remember they sucked that first year yeah. they were so bad with jeff fisher yeah and so people were like you're a bandwagon fan i'm like no i'm not because they first of all they sucked that first year yeah and we kind of lucked out like sean mcveigh was a great hire and then that's when we, they kind of took off and the we lucked out that our third year in LA, we're in the Super Bowl, and now we're in the Super Bowl again. And yeah, you, you're seeing more. Uh, you're seeing more and more Rams fans um, come out of the woodworks a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if that means they. You can call them bandwagon fans or whatever, but honestly, man, like as a Rams fan, we'll welcome it. Like, yeah, whatever we can get. Yeah, and uh, I think the LA Times did a poll today. I saw it uh, on Twitter. They, uh, I don't know, I don't know details on the poll or whatever, but they like said. Oh, who's your NFL team mm-hmm. in the area? And I think 23% was Rams. And then everything else was in the 5%, which was Niners, wow. Raiders. Chargers was like real low. It was like 2%. Yeah. But I'm Rams, sure there's some bandwagon Cowboy fans out there too. America's team and all that, right? Oh, I have, I have family members that are Cowboy fans. Yeah. Okay. Like that have lived, that have lived in LA their yeah, whole life. Yeah. Like, fair <laughs> enough. So, <laughs> so America's team is still alive, even though they're not alive in the actual, you know, Super Bowl, uh, ever in my lifetime, uh, or yours. Uh, oh, I say that we were three and two years old whenever that happened. Um, okay. So the, give me your one key. So I, there's a lot of narratives to this game, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. is all over Joe Burrow. Like if I can be honest mm-hmm. here for a second, and I did a whole podcast on it last week about how I think he could be a Joe Namath type mm-hmm. where he called a shot. He's freaking awesome. Like good for him. Cocky beyond all belief. Right. But the reality is, is like some people are also trying to say he's going to paint himself in with Mahomes and with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers if he wins a Super Bowl. So for me, asking you as a Rams fan, what's the key for them to get the dub with all the weapons they have and that defense too? Uh, honestly, I mean, the main narrative is our defensive line against their offensive line. I think that's that's the biggest key. Yeah, because I think we're gonna, we're gonna we're not gonna just shadow Jamar Chase the whole game with Jalen. That's just not what we've done all yeah. all year. That's just not what we've done. I think we're gonna see a lot of Jalen on Jamar. 
on very key downs, you know, third downs, yep. um, red zone for sure. But I think he's going to move around a lot. I think we're going to probably might bracket Jamar, okay. put Jalen on, on T Higgins, who's a bigger guy. Jalen's a bigger guy. Yeah. So we, we might do that a lot more. Um, but it's going to come down to, you know, the defensive line versus the offensive line. If we're going to get pressure on Burrow, then yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. Yeah. And, uh, so who's the Super Bowl? And, who's the Super Bowl MVP? Who do you think? If the Rams win, who's going to be the MVP? If the Rams win, I think it'll be. Uh, if the Rams win, I think it'll be uh, Cooper Cup. Okay, I like I think, that. I pick. think he'll have a big. I think he'll have a big game if we win. Dude, I um, love that pick, bro. I know California. My, you can play sports bets, man. He's like plus no, eleven hundred for the MVP, right? Yeah. So my actual. Uh, I'm actually betting on Super Bowl MVP, that but I'm actually I'm actually putting on uh, on Odell. Okay, because he's like he's like plus twenty eight hundred. Oh my god! And I think that's I think that's great value. It's good value. Like, it's good value. I, I could put twenty bucks on Odell and win like five hundred bucks on it, dude. Yeah. So I have a friend going to Vegas to uh, watch the game over there, and I was like, "Hey man, when you're over there, put a bet on Odell for Super Bowl MVP for me." Nice. And he's like, "He's like, cool. I got I got you." <laughs> I don't think he will, but I think it's great value. Oh, like, it's awesome value. Cause he could, he could mess around and, and win it. If, if we win, like yeah. they give a lot of attention to Cooper cup. Odell has a big game. Yeah. He could mess around and win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And that's great value. Um, I think Stafford's the, uh, favorite to yeah. win MVP. I think he's like plus 100 or something like that. Yeah. And then I think Burrow might be about plus 250. Yeah. It's, but, it's very close to that. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think Cooper cup will be the guy if, if, uh, if we end up winning it. Cause I think, I think it'll be a relatively higher scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if we make plays, I think you've seen it all year. Yeah. It's been Cooper Cup. Yeah. Where Cooper Cup's been the guy that... Where are you going to watch the game? You know, man. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of parties those, around LA right now, dude. Hey, man, those ticket prices have been plummeting the last couple of days. And, really? Uh, <laughs> I'm considering... you thinking uh, about it, huh? I'm thinking about it. I'm really, I really am. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been watching every day. I've been kind of price watching. Yeah. Peeking them out. If it gets down to closer to like two grand, I might pull the trigger on it. Nice. Dude, the, see, They're that's the about, thing though, is it's all about the memories, right? Like, I mean, you're creating mm-hmm. memories yeah, going absolutely. to the games, right? So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. it's, it's 2k there, but it's like, I get to go to a Super Bowl in my, you know, home yeah. city, the team that I, you know, root for dude. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And then, uh, and then uh, I've been to. They've had ten home games this year, including the playoffs. Yeah, I've I've been to seven. I did not go to three of them. Yeah. Our uh, our home record this year is seven and three. So I'll let you do the math. Yeah. Uh, the three losses were whenever you're not there. Yeah, I'm not superstitious, <laughs> but I'm a little stitious. Yeah, thank you, Michael Scott. <laughs> oh, dude, that's good. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yeah, man. So I don't know. I uh, I'm price watching, but if not. Uh, my my brother's going out of town, so I gotta keep an eye on their dog. I might just uh I'm a very nervous watcher when it comes to big games. Yeah. Like Yeah, dude. I was a little scared going to the NFC championship game because I was like, dude, like <laughs> uh, like I'll be so nervous. And I was pretty nervous. And yeah. then we got down seventeen seven. It's seventeen seven in the fourth, and I'm like literally sitting down like butthole clenched. Like I'm just like, <laughs> oh no. Like and it finally like it just was we sealed it with the interception. Like yeah. I just, I couldn't hold it anywhere. I like dude. let out, dude. It was, it was crazy. And so, yeah, man. Uh, 
if I don't go, I'll probably end up uh, really just watching it by myself and my brothers. Okay. I'll be there watching. Uh, I'll probably buy myself some chips and dip and yeah. um, order order me some sushi, something nice, Dude. and just chill, just watch it. Okay. So, all right, uh, sushi on Super Bowl Sunday. That's, hey man, there's some good sushi places out here. I bet. Dude, I bet. I bet I bet you're not at a loss for like, all right, where do I want to eat tonight? I only got seven places on Hobart Street to uh to choose from. Uh, yeah. It's a little different out here. It's yeah, a little I different bet. out here for sure. I bet. All right. So last question, I'll let you go. Uh, I don't like talking about myself, Jesus, but I, I want to know your favorite memory. Your favorite memory of it can be both of us, or it can be about me or about you from back in the day that maybe obviously people don't know if they, if they didn't mm-hmm. grow up with us. What's your favorite memory of us together? Honestly, it's funny you asked me that because I didn't expect you to ask this question, but I definitely prepared for this question just in case you did ask. <laughs> yeah, me. bro. All right. All right. As, as soon as you asked me if I could come on, I was like, all right, if you asked me like to like say a story about us yeah. or something like let me prepare just in case. Okay. All right. And on, and honestly, man, like that playoff run in 2011. Yeah. Um, it was. I was traveling with you guys. We sat on the bus next to each other a couple times, if not yeah. really the whole trip. Honestly, I don't remember really, but we I know were we definitely superstitious. did. Superstitious. Yes, we sat next to each yes. other on the bus. Yep. Yeah, and uh, those bus rides are still like some of the funnest bus rides I ever had. Yeah. And then also. I don't know if you've ever mentioned this or people really know, but you used to do our pregame prayer all the time. I did. And I did. I've not mentioned this on the show. You used to do our, our pregame prayers all the time. And that was really like, they were really good, <laughs> impactful prayers every single time. You definitely had a knack for it. Yeah. And that whole run, man, it was just, even knowing you weren't going to play, you and Garrett and really everyone, but specifically you and Garrett did a amazing job of making the guys that were just traveling with you guys feel like we were a part of the team still. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, we kind of went to battle with you guys every, every day, every day and practice. And I think I, I know you for sure understood that, understood that. I know Garrett probably understood that. And yeah. you guys did a great job of like making all of us kind of feel like we were a part of the team still. Thanks. And, dude. uh, that was definitely, that's definitely something that I always, you know, anytime people always ask me about basketball, I'm always like, Hey man, like in 2011, we had a, in 2011, we had a run. We had a run bro. That was, that was fun. Yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah. And even though we lost in the, uh, in the regional, uh, the regional final, yeah, it was, uh, the memories we made in that run was just, it was crazy. It's a good time. Cause it was you and John and TK, right? Taylor Kennedy. Were the three and Laketon? Uh, oh, Laketon, Laketon Harris too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those four, those four. Yeah, dude. I that was the best part. I think sitting. Well, okay. So there's a specific memory, and I'm not sure if you'll remember this, uh, but and I mentioned it whenever Coach Embry passed. But just the the um, El Paso Fabens game is mm-hmm. whenever I'm about to die. Obviously, I'll think about my wife. Hopefully, someday kids. But I'll think about that moment. Uh, in time where, like, I got to talk to Garrett at the free throw line. That was a blast. I was like, where are we going tonight, bro? And he's like, I don't know. He, we're, I can't remember. We had the conversation, and I was just like, hey, dude, where are we staying tonight? And he's like, Lubbock. And I was like, dang right we are. We're going to the regional tournament. And, like, just back and mm-hmm. forth that whole game. 
Reed Latigo. I mean, it's just like it's surreal thinking back on that one. But then that was the biggest compliment I've ever gotten. I think from well, Coach Miller and Coach Embry. Embry came out and beelined and hugged me with the most aggression I've ever felt out of a human being. And he was like, that was mm-hmm. the best half of basketball I've ever seen played. And those words, I was like, coach, I scored three points, but I had four steals, seven assists, like eight rebounds. It was stupid. Cause I was mm-hmm. like five, nine and a half and like a buck <laughs> 80 soaking wet. But like those dudes, like you guys too, it's just like one of those things where you think back on that moment and you're like, I'll think about that before I die. So that's that's cool that you brought that up. I appreciate that. No, yeah, man. And I remember in halftime of that game, we were down and uh I had a bad half. They kinda they kinda challenged half. you a little bit. They kinda <laughs> challenged you a little bit. They uh I had a bad they kinda they they name dropped you specifically and yeah. said, JP, we need better from you. <laughs> yeah. They did. And you came out, man, and you responded. And <laughs> that takes that takes a lot to be called out specifically yeah. at halftime and Dude. then come out and respond the way you responded. Yeah. And like you said, man, you were everywhere. Like <laughs> it was like, it was like Draymond green before we knew about Draymond green. Yeah, dude, It, was, I love it was like those. Yes. And it was, that was huge. And then I remember we had all packed. We were like, Hey, you got to pack just in case we, you know, don't come home. Cause yeah. if, if we win, we're just, we're stopping in Lubbock. Cause that's where we got to be the yep. next day. Dude. And, uh, <laughs> so good there was there was one pass i'm not sure if you remember this it was in the midst of like that deep fourth quarter and i got a rebound and latigo ran a go route essentially down the middle of the court mm-hmm. and i turned and chucked it caught him in stride he got the and one and you can't see me because because cody davis who was our videographer i love cody did not have me at half court but it was the most uh passionate i've ever fist pumped in my entire life I think mm-hmm. I I think I swung for like twenty seconds. Like Latigo's still shooting the free throw and I'm like screaming at people. <laughs> that was just some of the best yeah, some of the best moments. I gotta even get like an extra gum here or something. Because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm losing my spin intake. But then hey, uh and then sorry, I was gonna bring up one more memory. I slapped uh pretzel salt all over your face whenever we worked at PH two O. You did. You remember you that? Did. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. I do remember that. Hey man, that was a crazy summer because that was after you guys had graduated. Yeah. I was going into my senior year and that was the first that was the first year the first year. water park opened, right? Just opened. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, man, I tell my I don't even know if I've told my brother this before, but I don't know if you remember at the time my brother still lived in Pampa mm-hmm. and he was the head of the recreation department. Yeah. So he was basically essentially what Coach Miller is now. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget, he's the one that took care of all the hiring and stuff. And there was a day, do you remember when we used to like try to lobby ourselves and position ourselves to where we would not be in the concession area during the pool breaks? Yep. Because we were just like, dude, I do not want to be there. In the, 3 p.m. In there during the pool every break. day, we're like, nope, I want to be up front. So we would always try to lobby like for position and be like, Oh no, like I want to be, I want to be here. Like we would like do the like mental math in our head. Like, yeah. okay. Like for my shift, I want to start here because then, you know, <laughs> I'll be end up being like just out of the concession stay at whatever the pool break is. Dude. I remember one time, I don't know if you're working that day. I don't know if you will remember this, but I had worked the pool break three days in a row. Yeah. I was tired of it. <laughs> And I had positioned myself to not work it that day. And yeah. I was so happy. I was like, dude, finally, I get a break from the pool break. Like, ah. 
I'm so excited. And I think it was Taylor Morgan. Yeah. She was like, oh, like, I think she had hurt her ankle or something. And she was like, oh, like, <laughs> I don't want to, like, be in there. And I was like, you could just work the register. Like, you don't have to do anything. Correct. And she was like, no, well, like, I don't want to be in there, this and that. <laughs> and she was, like, just kind of throwing a pity party. Yeah. And I was like, nah. I was like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> and this was, like, towards the end of the summer already. So, like, football guys that were working had already, like, started two-a-days. Yeah. Volleyball girls that were working were already doing two a day. So we were already kind of short staffed, which is why I was working four days in a row already anyways. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I'm done. And I went to the office and I told, uh, I told Abby, Abby Hancock. I was like, I'm I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like (laughs) I, I just worked, I just worked three days in a row in the pool or in the, in the concession stand. I'm done. Like this isn't cool. And I was like, went to walk out. Cause at that point I was like, I literally like in my head, I was like, my brother runs this. I don't care. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and that's a very terrible mentality to have. Yeah. Like I hate being that guy. Like I would never want to be that guy. But at that moment I was that guy. And I was like, I'm done. And I remember Miss, Miss Hancock, Abby was like, no, 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 Jesus. No, please don't. Please don't. We're short. Like, please just, I promise like you won't have to do it tomorrow. Like we'll make sure. Like, it's just, please, like, we, we need you. Yeah. We need you. And I was like, all right, fine. Like, I'll do it for you. And I specifically said, I'm only doing it for you. For you. For you. Yeah. Uh, one of our high school told- English teachers. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I remember my senior year, I ended up telling Jansen, I was like, dude, your wife's kind of hot. Dude. <laughs> and, and so I literally, like, I made sure to let her know that day. I was like, I'm doing it just for you. Okay. <laughs> And so I went back in there, but I remember when I went back in there, I had the worst attitude ever, which is like very, you could vouch for me. It's yeah. very uncharacteristic. Uncharac- yeah, like I usually Always have a smile. great attitude with everything. Yeah. Yes. But I had the worst attitude when I was in there. Like they would order nachos and I was like in the back and I told them, I was like, I'm only in the back. I'm not making nachos. I'm just giving you guys supplies. Dang. And I was like throwing, I was like throwing nacho bags up front <laughs> and stuff. And I remember one of the girls that was in there got really mad and was like, would you stop? Would you actually do this? I was like, what are you going to do? I was like, what are you going to do? You're going to tell Abby? I already tried to quit and she wouldn't let me. So I'm safe. Go tell her. Go tell her. Do it. You won't. Dude. <laughs> they they hated me that day. I love and that. I'm not going to lie. Looking back on it, I was like, man, I threw the biggest fit. <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, God, I really hope they never put this like in a handbook or anything because this just shows you if you throw – if you throw a fit long enough, you're going to get your way. <laughs> a- AKA Ben Simmons here recently. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. Yeah, so I'm going to have to have you back on whenever football season's over. Cause we'll talk some NBA uh, together cool. too. Yeah, but, man. But we're, we're running yeah, out of uh, running out of airspace as I like to call it. But um, Jesus, I love you, dude. Yeah, man. I love you too, man. That's like I said blast. before, man, the memories we made, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. I still tell people to this day, man. I tell them all the time, like, Hey man, JP made me a better player. <laughs> and he made me a better man. Oh, dude, I appreciate that. Anytime you need me, dude. Now that uh, now that I've gotten your California number, uh, yes, we'll, we'll definitely yes. make this more of a deal. Yes, yes. All right, dude. Well, good luck to your Rams. I really Thanks, do. Man. I mean it. I mean it. They're the favorites. So, yeah, uh, minus four. I think has mm-hmm. it moved at all? Nah, uh, I haven't seen it move. I okay. think I think yeah. j- people are people are digging Joe Shiesty though. I don't get it. No, I they are. I still don't get it. I, I don't either, man, but I, I hope we pull it off. 
I yeah. hope we pull it off, though. All right, my pick is coming up later in the show, so stay with us. You are listening to the Classic Plastic Podcast. Season 6, episode 28, it is what I would call, yes, uh, maybe I'm not allowed to do it, but like at this point, if they pull it, whatever, you know, screw the NFL. Uh, it's a Super Bowl special, is what it is. I've called it that last year, didn't get pulled, so whatever. Um, excited to have on my final guest, Kyle Christian, on the program once again. Kyle, how are you doing, sir? Oh, fantastic. Great for some football. Where are you going to watch the game? Um, probably my living room, and then when my daughter goes to sleep, probably in the basement. Okay, not as not as excited around here as it was the past two years. Nope. Right, right when the right when the Chiefs took the L, I looked at my wife. I said, "There will not be as many Super Bowl parties in our future. Huh? Not as many Super Bowl babies in Kansas City. So that's a good thing because we're swelling at the seams right now. To be honest with you, it's. Everybody that had a baby in this past year, you're like, well, or two years. COVID first off, second off Super Bowl. It's like, oh yeah, go time. Um, okay. So Kyle, I, I just want to have you on because your perspective on this is really good. Um, so I'm going to ask you a few few questions and then we'll get into prop bets. Okay. So I, I want to get your opinion on this. If Joe Burrow, which by the way, my LED lights are orange right now. It was not intentional. Um, if Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl in year two, what class of quarterback does he now fit in with? Well, Brady is no longer among us. He is retired. Correct. Uh, so, I mean, you're looking at him in the class of uh, Mahomes. You're looking at him in the class of Rodgers, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he goes up there. He won a Super Bowl. In year two, he's on a rookie contract. Yeah, I, I, I think I saw that they have, without doing anything, they have like forty million in cap space. So, before we jump into the future, yeah, think about what people were saying about Patrick Mahomes when yep. he won in his second year as a starter. Yeah, you look at him as a, a young. He's in that Mahomes class. He has to be in terms of what he's done. Yeah, I. It doesn't. Everyone talks about arm talent, almost whatever. But in terms of legacy, that's really what you're getting at, I think. Yeah, he, he's up there with those guys because he's done it. He's won, and it was mostly because of him. Some other stuff too, but I mean, if you don't have him, the Bengals aren't even in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm okay. I'm glad you said that because I've I've heard so many conversations of, you know, they think he could if he wins this Super Bowl be in the conversation with Mahomes, and I'm like, yeah, maybe not yet for me. Because he Mahomes, like, okay, if Burrow goes back to the Super Bowl next year and doesn't win, like, then he's on, like, if he goes to back-to-back, like Mahomes has, then we can start talking about it. Because 
I get winning it. I'm excited if he does end up winning it because, you know, rivalry is good for the NFL. But we also saw Russell Wilson win a Super Bowl on a rookie contract, and we see where he's at now. He's one of the most respected leaders of all time, but he only has one Super Bowl. Should have two, but he only has one. So I guess that's a really good point because uh, I was thinking in my head, <laughs> I didn't even think of Russell Wilson like yeah. in that contract. Right? But the thing that gets, I think the thing that gets missed is uh, what could happen, which with all four of the guys we talked about, you're looking at Wilson, only one Super Bowl, Rodgers, only one Super Bowl, Mahomes, only one Super Bowl. And even if Burrow wins, he might be at one Super Bowl. Yep. So all guys are all sitting at one Super Bowl. It's so hard to compare compete at a high level and win over and over i mean shoot dan marino went in his second year i believe and never went back yeah (laughs) didn't never went back so joe burrow might be in that camp of well i'm with josh allen and justin herbert and patrick mahomes in the afc and i might never ever get out of the afc again yeah yeah their cap their cap space is super interesting though kyle like uh, again we'll talk about this in the offseason but like their cap situation is the most I think intriguing of the entire NFL where it's like you could bonify that defense up now that people like, okay, let's take for instance, like, um, Oh, Melvin Ingram or Terrell Suggs that were chasing a super bowl with Kansas city the past couple of years. And now you, you're going to have guys that are like, I might go to Cincinnati, you know, like all of a sudden Kansas city has a little bit of competition because, you're going to get maybe paid more in Cincinnati. Like if Kansas city's looking at a guy and they're like, Hey, we'll give you a million dollars more a year. Then that guy might legitimately consider, you know, the 31 year old cornerback that's still got some juice left. It's pretty interesting, but okay. okay we're not going to talk about off season, but no, let's, let's die. Let's die for two minutes. Okay. Do it, do it, do it. Because they have skill guys out the wazoo. They have Mixon. they have receivers. Yep. They have a offensively. Where you sink money in free agency in those skill positions, they're not going to have to do. Yeah. So they're going to they're going to cement the interior of their offensive line, I would assume, and yeah. get some guard and centers like some high level guys in there, and then they're going to have to replace the back end because Bates is a, Bates is a free agent. I think they had Hilton on a one year deal, so they yeah. have still a lot of things to do, but. They got a lot of guys under contract for a while, so it's okay. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one to watch. Okay, so let's flip the tables here. If Matthew Stafford wins a Super Bowl, then what class of quarterbacks, legacy wise, does he fit in with? I, the the thing about winning the Super Bowl when you're a quarterback, you immediately jump to the top if you're viewed as a top tier talent. Okay. Right. Yep. Fred, the, the Brad Johnsons of the world, they're like, no, you're not a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're on a really good team with an amazing defense. You, you aren't it. Well, we've seen the Rams have an amazing defense and really solid skill players and poop the bed in the Super Bowl. Yep. I'm like, three a few years ago. So if Stafford comes in and is the savior that they traded all these first round picks for, <clears throat> I mean, you look at him in a whole new light because those Lions teams were so horrible when he was at the helm there. I, they, he had no help. Yeah. Or if you put him on a competent team and he wins the Super Bowl, well, that's pretty, pretty good. I mean, no, he's no goat. He's no like young Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in that class of what could he do in the future. But, I mean, you could see him winning and possibly going back. And you look at it and you look for comparable quarterbacks – 
well, Ben Roethlisberger would probably be – he's definitely more talented than Ben Roethlisberger ever was with an arm talent-wise. And if he gets a Super Bowl, I mean, you got to talk about him in, in that kind of class of quarterback. Yeah. Okay, that's an interesting one to me. Okay, I asked uh, my earlier guest, Jesus Cabrales. Uh, he's a big Rams guy. Um, we grew up together. Big Rams guy. His family's from L.A. He's now in L.A. Who is your Super Bowl MVP and why? Ooh. What did he say? Well, he actually said um, he said the best value was on Odell Beckham Jr. He put twenty bucks down on OBJ, but he, he thinks it'll it'll be Cooper Cup if they if they get the job done. Yeah, I saw. I was listening to a podcast, and they said they had this was a couple of days ago, so the lines probably moved. But non quarterback was plus two thirty. Yeah, and you can easily see a world where either. Jamar Chase goes off and the Bengals win, or Cooper Cup goes bonkers, or even like you said, Odell Beckham just catches two touchdowns, and you're like, "Well, there you go." I mean, and he yeah. has off thirty yards. Well, why can't we give to him? Or you know, Aaron Donald is destroying the Bengals' offensive line, and you you there are so many quality superstars that are not quarterbacks that you can view to be the MVP. Um, but I. I think I think a defensive lineman from the Rams okay. would, will probably take it. Now, you know, probably it's going to be a quarterback. Let's be real. But I think those Bond Miller or Aaron Donald can be extremely dominant in a game and have a huge impact. And and sacking Joe Burrow over and over again is yeah. would be what people see all Sunday night, and that could stand out really quick. Von Miller right now plus four thousand. Aaron Donald plus 1,200 is the current line on those two guys. Stafford plus 140, Burrow plus 225, Cooper Cup at plus 600, Jamar Chase plus 1,600, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon down the 3,000s. But my guy, the guy that I said that if the Bengals win the Super Bowl is going to be the MVP, which is weird enough. People have already heard it, but you haven't heard it yet, so this is going to like throw a weird like meta matrix thing happen. Um, but I said T. Higgins. Because I think they're going to end up bracketing, you know, Jamar Chase a little bit more over the top. And I think T. Higgins is the type of guy that could have that, you know, like OBJ, same type of deal. Number two receiver that's, you know, maybe going to be one on one. Um, To me, I think it it could be T. Higgins. But I mean, to see the odds like this, very interesting. Also, by the way, uh, Evan McPherson plus 10,000. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's what Bill, Bill Simmons had like a whole 10 minute segment on what would it take for Evan McPherson to win the MVP award and really they, yeah they said like five five field goals two of them are 50 plus yarders and it's like 15 to 10 or something you like could that. you could see a world where that happens I mean legitimately against the Rams defense Burrow and the guys get to the 40 37 something like that and they have to settle for a field goal I mean it would not be out of the question to see some sort of Evan McPherson show out there. Um, so I see why he did a segment on it. Good for him. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the Rams and their kicker's atrocious, so you could see them maybe going for it on board down a little bit more. By the way, they, Matt, Matt Gay is the same odds, MVP-wise, plus 10,000. Get out of here. That's horrible. So what's that'd, that? be waste, that'd be a waste of five bucks. <laughs> a waste of five dollars. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, I want to go through uh, some of these prop bets with you because I think we did this last year where um, we we enjoyed some of these together. So the over under for passing attempts for Joe Burrow 
is at 36 and a half. Will he throw the ball over 36 times? Yes. Okay. It's minus 116 on that, so that's the favorite. Matthew Stafford is one more pass attempt at 37 and a half. You taking the over or the under? Under. Under. Okay, so then that leads into Cam Akers rushing attempts. 13 and a half is the number. And 50 yards, 49.5 yards for Cam Akers. So you can do both of those. Like they they haven't ran the ball very successfully, but I mean the Chiefs the Chiefs ran the ball on the Bengals, and if they wanted to attack them more, they could have. I will say, ooh, because they just activated Daryl Henderson today. Yeah, and so part of me thinks that he might not get 13 carries. That's that's a really good line. Yeah, I'll go under on the 13 carries. Yeah, but I. I think he's going to bust a couple, and he's going to go over the yardage. So my question is also on this, because Cam Akers, I think, if I was betting this, is the value here. Two and a half receptions is the over-under, and I think screen passes and passes out of the backfield is kind of where Stafford has lived occasionally. Like, two and a half is not... I I think I would take the over on that one. Would you agree? Yeah, and with how uh, Hubbard and Hendrickson just get after people... Like Stafford's not running anywhere. So yeah. All out of his hands as fast as possible. Let's just check it down to the back. That's really good. What is what's Mixon's uh reception total? We got record? Mixon receptions at three and a half. Yeah, I, I think I think Burrow's gonna be the same way. Like he's I think they're gonna use Mixon a lot in the passing game. It's and he his over under on yardage is eighty four and a half on rushing. Twenty attempts and eighty four yards is what they're at right now. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would take the under on Mixon's yardage, but if you could get like an all-purpose, like for maybe like a hundred, all-purpose, would... hundred and eleven and a half is where they're at right now on that line. Yeah, that one. I wouldn't touch that one. Yeah, yeah. There's some really weird prop bets on this one. Like, I, I could. I, okay, let's let's talk about Cooper Cup a little bit. Uh, receiving yards over under a hundred and thirteen and a half. It's a huge number. I'm pretty sure that's what he's averaged all year. I know it's unbelievable. <laughs> I the line that's a that's nuts. Uh, <clears throat> hmm. Gosh, I mean, you you think about how they played this year, and if if they're going to win the Super Bowl, you think he's going to go over. Yeah. Right, and then you also think in the back of your mind, you're thinking, shoot, Odell is primed to take that second receiver job and just annihilate it in the super bowl yeah oh you got yeah cooper cup locked up cool let's just use odell yeah and he's, he's a beast yeah okay. i'll say i'll say under on cup oh under on cup okay and then and then jamar chases is 91 and a half with uh seven and a half receptions i will say under on receptions okay over on yards over on yards, under on receptions. That's a pretty, it's pretty good. Okay, and then uh, two more. The line right now is Rams minus four against the spread. Who wins the Super Bowl against the spread, and is that different than your actual pick for the Super Bowl? Uh, no, Rams both. Rams to cover. You have a score for me. 
Mm, 27-17. Wow. Rams with the victory and the victory lap around the stadium that they get to take. By the way, I haven't given my pick. I haven't given my pick. I'm going to say 31-24 Rams. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's it's maybe, and again, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring affair, and it's going to be like, like you said, 15 to 10. Uh, so I got Kyle down at 27-17. You guys let me know your picks over on Instagram and Facebook. Would love to hear who you have on Sunday in the Super Bowl. And the question that I was dying to ask Kyle whenever we got on here. Right now, the line is over 95 seconds. Over under Mickey Guyton's national anthem. Over or under 95 seconds? Under. Under? Yes. Okay, my other question attached to that is, do you count to the end of Brave? Because a lot of times, that's where the sneaky over-under gets, is they say the home of the Brave, and they just go forever and ever and ever. Do you count to the end of it? I mean, you have to for betting purposes, right? I think you do. And then you immediately want to know if uh, the singer bet on it. So just to, to, to give you a perspective here, uh, the shortest in Super Bowl history, one minute, 27 seconds. That's 87 seconds. The longest was Alicia Keys, Super Bowl 47 in 2013 at two minutes and 35 seconds. She went 155 seconds on the national anthem, Kyle. I mean, it's Alicia Keys. She's <coughs> she's pretty uh, uh, talented at singing. She so. can do what she wants. She can kind of do what she wants. It's like Beyonce. You don't you don't tell you don't tell the great artists what to do with the nap. Just let them flourish. <laughs> I mean, two and a half minutes though. Good God, that is that is quite the uh, ability I, to I stretch. Myself, I, I, I've got. I've taken the Browns to the Super Bowl in probably less time than Alicia Keys sang uh, the national anthem. You know? I guarantee you, Francis Scott Key rolls over in his grave fifteen times by the time that the Star Spangled Banner is done. It's guaranteed, hundred percent. For those of you who don't know, you can Google it. He wrote the Star Spangled Banner, but such is life, Kyle. Um, dude, I, I'm excited to have you on. I, I do appreciate you popping on here, giving us your expertise because it's. For a game that I'm not super interested in because of rooting interests, I think this will be interesting as far as like where the landscape of the NFL goes. From like that's why I'm interested. Like if the Bengals somehow blow them out and we're like, holy crap, Joe Burrow, or wow, all of a sudden Matt Stafford has a Super Bowl. Last question: Does Detroit have a miniature parade if the Rams win? Oh, for well, I mean it's too cold up there. They're not gonna, they're not going to have a parade for somebody else's Super Bowl. <laughs> But there might be some babies named uh, Matthew that are popping out in nine months. In, in Detroit? <laughs> yeah. So look out in, jeez, uh, what's that going to be? November? Yeah. November babies. Um, all right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. You good with that? Yeah. You have any I mean, other thoughts with the Super Bowl? I mean. Yeah. You just made me think those babies in Detroit will be uh, ripe for their first Thanksgiving loss when the oh. Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, dude. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. It's tough. I liked it, though. All right, everybody. Kyle Christian on uh, the program today. Let's give him a round of applause. You did it, pal. You did it. Appreciate you. Thanks, JP. Appreciate you. 
That was Kyle Christian joining me on the program today. I want to give a big thank you to Kyle as well as Jesus Cabrales coming on the show. Hopefully you guys enjoy the football this weekend as we will not have it for a little bit longer. Uh, maybe, you know what, I might even dabble in the USFL. It's coming up uh, over the spring, so maybe be looking out for some of that content as well. If you do not already, go over to Instagram and Facebook and follow me over there and on YouTube. You know what? I made the decision earlier today. I'm going to put out the short tomorrow. So if you guys are not subscribed over there, go ahead and do that now. And I will see you guys next week. We'll talk through the Super Bowl right here on the Classic Classic Podcast. And I will see you guys later. Out of jail in this give or take world, I got what it takes. Put you out your misery, candy banks. I'm young money, I'm cash money. If we could buy time, I spend my last money. Now I'm spending time. You in the blind, this little light of mine, I'ma let it shine.